Rewind is brought to you by Press Play to Continue and recorded in the great city and state of Austin, Texas, also known as the live music capital of the world. It is written, produced, and edited by me, Corey Latimer. Now, if you'd like to show your support by keeping Press Play to Continue weird, head on over to my Patreon at pressplaytocontinue slash patreon.com. I sincerely thank you for your time, your love, and your generosity you have shown me. It lets me know I'm actually going down the right path in life. Thank you. Now, on to the show. How are we doing today, folks? Welcome back to Press Play to Continue Rewind. I'm your host, Corey Latimer. Now think about being in London, 1886, right? The Order of the Knights are in pursuit of the enemy only known as the Half-Breeds, which is a combination of animal and human. Around the 7th or 8th century, a small number of humans took on a bestial traits. Now, that is implied as half-human, half-animal. The majority of humans feared these half-breeds and soon war broke out. Not only do the Order of the Knights have to contend with the formidable half-breeds like I just mentioned, but they are also having to grapple with an anti-government urgency. Or insurgency, (laughs) rather. We find our main protagonist, Sir Galad, in an affluent area in West End of London known as Mayfair. He pursues the rest of the rebel force into the London Underground Transit System, where he encounters a number of deleterious werewolf-like men, also known as lichens. Um, it's kind of a lichen is pretty much it's pretty much the same idea as a werewolf. It's just it's more of a folklore type of a term, a lichen. Galad mentor Sir Percival, one of the order's most distinguished veterans knights, suspects that there is a correlation between the two and requests permission to investigate the rebel stronghold or cause of the Whitechapel District. And let me explain. I'll get all into this once we kind of delve deeper into uh, episode 11. His concerns are d- dismissed by the Lord Chancellor, who believes that the Order should remain dedicated to fighting the half-breeds, or like I said, the Lycans, rather. With approval from Sir Lucan, he's one of the main commanders of the, the Order of the Knights, um, and adopted, he's, he's the actually, he's the adopted son of the Lord Chancellor. Percival and Galad undertake a mission into Whitechapel accompanied by the other two members of their team, Lady Ingrid, also known as Izzy, and the Marquis de Lafayette. And he's actually portrayed, he's actually a historical figure within the American Revolutionary War. And uh, like I said, I'll get into that a little bit later uh, once the show carries on. So I guess, you know, I want to I want to take some time too as well as to kind of go and pinpoint between the the four main characters that I just kind of mentioned briefly, but I want to kind of give you a little bit more of a background on what they're about. And then also too, I'm going to try to once I get this podcast out there live, I want to try to get this in correlation with a Let's Play as well, because this is, in fact, a video game. 
Yes, I know. Uh, it's a pretty nerd-centric podcast uh, for the most part. Well, in particular for episode 11, but just all around, I think. Um, but at the same time, too, I was, talking, I was just, just literally just discussing a, uh, all this with a good buddy of mine, Mark, um, through text messaging. And, um, yeah, I mean, he kind of kind of steered me back into the right direction because I was kind of kind of losing a little bit of steam with it, but I, I've kind of regained some ground in that respect. So I appreciate that. If you're listening, Mark, thank you very much. So to start out with the protagonist, Sir Galad, also known as Grayson or Gray. He, uh, he's known by Gray throughout the entire game, uh, but also obviously Sir Galad is like I said, the main protagonist and the only playable character within the the actual entire game. He's a knight of the order and the third Sir Galad. And let me explain about that. Before being convicted of sedition. Now sedition, I actually had to look up this term because I wasn't really certain what it actually meant. But it actually makes sense now actually once I looked it up. So yeah, sedition is a conduct of speech inciting people to rebel against the authority of a state or a monarch. So he's pretty much going against establishment throughout the, uh, not not throughout the entire game, but um, if you play this game, obviously it's very well made, but if, if it wasn't, I wouldn't be making this into a podcast, but he starts to kind of slowly descend away from the order. And I don't think that's too much of a spoiler, Um, because I don't want to give too many spoilers away because this game did come out, in fact, in 2015. So about a five-year separation. But, uh, yeah, so although the epilogue shows Gray and actually Nikolai Tesla uh, as a major component within the game itself as well, they they pretty much remain associates throughout throughout the entire game. It is unclear was uh, as far as whether he joined the actual rebellion force or if he now operates as an actual rogue agent, Sir Galad. And actually, in Arthurian legend or lore, Galad was the best and purest of knights. He was the only member of the round table able to reach the Holy Grail. Coincidentally, Grayson is one of the several PlayStation protagonists with a scar on one of their eyebrows. I thought that I kind of, kind of found that interesting. I guess uh, PlayStation is coming off with this whole edgy kind of, um, I don't even really necessarily know what the the word I'm trying to look for, but it's just, I guess they're trying to, with each protagonist that they're, you know, with each new IP, they're trying to bring some edge to the table, which I can appreciate. But another one is included with Ellie from The Last of Us. I don't know if you ever played The Last of Us. That is such a great, great game. I will be honest with you, I haven't finished it because I've been playing it on the hardest difficulty. So maybe I should backtrack and uh, maybe scale down the difficulty some so I can just, you know, at least beat it. <laughs> maybe one day, fingers crossed. I might, I might make that into a podcast as well. Um, and then also maybe a Let's Play, so you never know. And then as well as Cole McGrath uh, from Inf- Infamous. Uh, now, I've only played Infamous Second Son, and that came out on PS4. I wasn't really that much into the whole PlayStation 3 era as much I was now into the current generation of consoles. And then as well as Kratos from God of War. Now the God of War series, I played it. I actually played God of War, the first one on PlayStation 2. That was, that was back in my, you know, 
eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, tenth grade years, and it was a great game. But I think the one that was just released uh, this past year, I think it was actually back in 20, 2018, I think. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to look that up. If you, if you know, message me on Instagram or one of my social media outlets and let me know. I think, I think it was, in fact, 2018, though, but Corey Barlog uh, was the main uh, producer or director right behind that game. Yeah, so we're, we're now going into Sir Percival. He's actually one of my favorite characters. Other than, Actually, to be honest with you, they're all great characters. That's another great thing, too, about this game is the character development. I, I feel like that is lacking within a lot of like modern games nowadays, you know, especially uh, linear type of games, especially third-person games. So I appreciate that fact, absolutely. The character development within The Order of 1886 is very well done. Um, so Sir Percival, or as he known as Sebastian Mallory, was one of the senior knights of the Order and a supporting character within the game itself. He served as a mentor and a longtime friend of the game's protagonist, Galad, like I just mentioned. He was the second knight to hold the title of Sir Percival after his father. Now Mallory, having no offspring, was succeeded by his apprentice, Marquis de Lafayette, and I'll get into him in a, in a second. I'll explain a little bit more about Mr. Lafayette. His knighted name comes from the knight's of the round table in the Arthurian lord as well. Um, not lord, lore. <laughs> According to Nikolai Tesla, he was the knight commander before Sir Lucan, who I mentioned a little bit ago um, as well. Now, Sir Lucan, um, I, I don't want to give a whole lot away, especially if you haven't played this game, uh, because the story is just... It's like... Uh, I guess the thing within uh, the Order of 1886 too, people, is the fact that a lot of criticism came. They thought this, this game was considered to be more of a movie as opposed to a game. I kind of disagree. Uh, I think it's just, it meshes so well. Sure, there's cutscenes and there's QTEs and all that kind of good stuff, but I, you know, I respect the game immensely uh, because especially for its time, it was released back in, you know, February 20th of 2015. So for its time, especially, I think it holds up just as well as to any standard of 4K, you know, 60 frames per second type of a game today even. So, you know, I, I, I hold high respect for this game, obviously. So, yeah, I just, let's see, I'm trying to think where I'm actually left off. Oh yeah, so according to Nikolai Tesla, he was the knight commander before Sir Lucan, who I mentioned earlier, like I just said. Um, but was he, he actually resigned from it, uh, the actual um, the knight commander. But during that cut, there was an actual cutscene uh, between Galad and Mallory, and it, sta it stated that Mallory was dissatisfied with the actual knight order and had shown signs of defiance probably why he actually resigned from the Knight Commander, you know, staple. So, moving on to actually Marquis de Lafayette. He's probably, out of all of them, I, I kind of like him the best. One being Mr. Uh, Mr. Lafayette. Uh, 
he, he's kind of portrayed as a lady killer. <laughs> he's a ladies man, you know. He, um, I think it's at least three or four scenes where he's like, he kind of gets sidetracked because he seems like he sees like a beautiful woman like in the distance, and so he'll kind of get sidetracked from the mission. And it's it's actually kind of a comedic relief in a sense. But he's also known as Gilbert de uh, Montier, if I'm saying that correctly. It's French, so I've never really taken any French lessons or anything. So you know, if if that sounded terrible, then oh well, I don't I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and the third, per, uh, he's actually the third Sir Percival, and he is actually a supporting character. He's actually based uh, on the French historical figure within the same name, Marquis de Lafayette. Lafayette serves as Sebastian's apprentice. He is close friends with Grey, or Galad, who's the protagonist, if you've been paying attention and has a friendly rival between Lady Ingrin or Izzy. The Marquis' history is hardly known uh, throughout the entry of the game. Since the Order's universe is an alternate take on history, it's also unknown what facts about Lafayette can be regarded as canon. And in canon, by the way, if you don't know what canon is, I, I had some understanding of it, but I, I wanted to make sure I had the full grasp of it before I actually relate it to you, my audience, through this podcast. So pretty much I'll, I'll kind of explain it. So yeah, so basically canon is typically the material accepted as officially a part of the story in an individual universe of that story. So like if in an alternate fan fiction or revision is done, which becomes a little bit more popular, this can become accepted as the new canon, pretty much. So it's kind of fictionalized. It's a material accepted as, a you know, officially a part of, uh, a part of the story, pretty much. Yeah, I, I, like I said, uh, the order, I think, you, you can't go wrong by playing this game, for one, and for two, and unfortunately it doesn't really last that long, um, the game itself. I think it's, if you play it, I think you can actually beat this game. I think I beat it because I've beaten it twice now. I think I'm going to do it a third time just because I'm actually doing a podcast on it. But I think I'm going to go back in and try to get the platinum for it, for one, because I haven't. Because I guess one being you have to, to get the actual platinum trophy within this game, you got to like go to like every room and make sure you pick up every item, something very meticulous like that. So, but yeah, kind of finishing off with Mr. Lafayette. He, yeah, I want to I want to discuss the the actual origins of this particular character. And there was actually a real Marquis uh, de Lafayette, and he played a vital role in the American Revolutionary War leading his troops at Barron Hill in Pennsylvania. So British troops were in search of the Marquis in hopes to make him a POW or prisoner of war. His efforts were so significant that the hill was later renamed Lafayette Hill. So I thought that was really interesting and, um, I don't know, kind of vital to this podcast um, in a sense so I can kind of relay this information to you, to school you on, you know. I feel like sometimes, too, within, you know, each episode I do, I feel like I'm somewhat of a teacher in that regard, 
So I, I try to take that into account as well. And I try to make sure all my ducks are in a row and I have all my research down and all that kind of good stuff. So, you know, last but not necessarily least by any means, because I like her just as, as well, her Lady Ingrid, also known by her nickname as Izzy, which Galad says throughout the entire game, um, is the adopted daughter of the Lord Chancellor, a younger stepsister to Sir uh, Lucan, who's also, Sir Lucan is also affiliated with Lord Chancellor as well, and the hinted love interest of Sir Galad. Under the strict tutelage of Grey, Izzy became the youngest member to ever be inducted into the Order. In the Arthurian legend, Lady Ingrin is traditionally the mother of King Arthur himself, which is very cool. So another thing too within the Order, what I find so fascinating within this game is the fact that they pull a lot of stuff from, uh, you know, the King Arthur in the round table, King Arthur's court, and, you know, like Lancelot and all that kind of good stuff, and Merlin, and so I've, that's another thing, I've always found that particular lore to be so fascinating, and then once I found out about this game, The Order of 1886, I was like, blown away, I was like, oh my, I have to get this game, <laughs> so, and I, I did, when it uh, released on February the 20th, like I said, back in 2015, I got it, I think, I almost want to say that might have been, now I'm really trying to think here. I think that might have been my last time to actually go to a brick and mortar or like, you know, a storefront at midnight and get it at the midnight release. I've only done that for a handful of games, but uh, yeah, I think this might have been if, yeah, I think this was, I think this was my, my last game. Now that I'm thinking about it more and more. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like I said, he was a stepsister, she, she, sorry, she was a stepsister to Sir Lucan and was affiliated to the Lord Chancellor. And there was a hinted love interest between Galad and Izzy as well throughout the entire game. So it kind of kept things interesting. A little love interest never hurt anybody. So that, that made sense. And under strict, like I said, under strict tutelage of Grey and Izzy became the youngest member to ever be inducted into the Order in Arthurian legend. Lady Ingrid is traditionally the mother of King Arthur himself, who was actually tricked by King, if I'm saying this correctly, I had to do a little research on this, but I wasn't even aware of this guy up until just now. King Uther Pendragon, if I'm saying that correctly. If if not, shoot a, shoot a message my way and let me know otherwise into actually sleeping with him after Merlin had transformed him into the image of her husband. What? How wild is that? What what a crazy story that is, right? But, yeah, I, and then another, another thing, too, about this game, all these characters and the main protagonists are portrayed to be 300 and 400 years old. Well, how is that possible, Corey? <laughs> Well, it comes down to the fact that, you know, they took, I guess, the essence of, you know, going back to the King Arthur lore or, you know, the legend of King Arthur and brought to the table, you know, like King Arthur and the Holy Grail, right? So in turn, they kind of made this whole idea of, um, you know, staying alive. It's a video game, people. So you got to stay alive and you got to, you know, 
I guess, progressed throughout the entire story. So the only way to stay alive really is through this drink that's called Blackwater. So Blackwater is an eldritch elixir purported to be that of the Holy Grail with properties of healing, increased strength, and perhaps most polarizing, like I just mentioned, of all is the unnatural occurrence of a long-lasting lifespan, which in turn is um, brings up the actual Holy Grail end of things. So, I mean, it, it's kind of... It definitely has some correlation um, within, you know, the stories. But I, I, I like what they kind of reinvented with the, the King Arthur lore. Um, and, yeah, that that's going back to the whole idea, or the concept of canon um, within the Order of 1886 as well. So... I don't want to go super, super, super long on this uh, episode 11 by any means because I don't know how long I can necessarily keep people's interest <laughs> with the concept or the idea of a video game um, episode, but I think it's very interesting, you know, and I don't want to necessarily do, you know, episode 12 or 13, just strictly on video games. I want to try to mix some matches. And if you've been following me and constantly listening in, or tuning in, rather, uh, to my past episodes, all the way up to episode 10, which is now episode 11, which I'm doing now, obviously, you'll notice there's always a, a, a good balance, I think, um, within each of my podcasts. I try to bring a little bit a little bit of everything to the table, whether it may be music, whether it may be, you know, an actual movie, which I've done, uh, as well as, you know, just interesting stories to share. And like, for instance, that Raymond and Layla Howard, um, I think that was, if I'm not mistaken, maybe episode seven. I can't remember exactly, but uh, yeah, I, I think I, just having a good balance within each, you know, episode I can bring, I, I think that's, I think that's something special and maybe that's what, you know, sets me apart from other podcasts, you know, so not always going to be about video game centric topic ideas, but I do want to discuss it from time to time as well. Um, I, you know, just to finish this off, because like I said, I didn't want to go extremely long because I think actually on episode 10, I almost went for like 45 minutes. And uh, if you actually listen to the tail end, I highly commend you and respect you for wanting to listen all the way through, you know, so thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I, like I said, which I mentioned earlier, but I'll say it one more time. It was released on February the 20th of 2015. Developers were at Ready of Dawn. Now, Ready of Dawn was actually, actually, sorry, was, they were, it, it was actually, they were bought by Sony, um, obviously, because um, it was published, published by Sony Entertainment, The Order of 1886. But here just recently, I think this past E3, uh, Microsoft, out of nowhere, they scooped them up, and now they're one of their... Um, you know, one of their main publishers of uh, under the Microsoft moniker, which I 
find very intriguing and interesting, and I want to see what they can bring to the table, you know, within the actual video game realm. And uh, we'll see what happens within the next E3 or the next E3. I Honestly, I don't know how long E3 is going to go. I know it's a huge thing, and I always tune in every year. But, you know, the way technology is going nowadays, you, you really don't know. And I always try to take, you know, a day off or two just to watch E3 because I think it's over, a, a you know, a two- to three-day time span because uh, you're dealing with Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo uh, as well as the PC gaming market. I uh, don't really do a whole lot of PC gaming, but uh, do a little bit. So, um, like I said, you know, and just to finish it off, they're the composer, my gosh. Another thing, too, with this video game is the fact that the music, the quality in the music, and I'm going to try to bring a little bit of that into the podcast as well, just to kind of, you know, a little bit of in and out of the composer of Jason Graves. He just nailed the hell out of this uh, this music. And, uh, man, it's just amazing. Um, I don't know if you heard that, but that it was definitely <laughs> a cop siren. But, uh, yeah, it was the, the genre was actually an action-adventure third-person shooter. And you'll definitely get a better understanding of it because I think I'm going to really... Probably maybe tonight if I can, if not tomorrow for sure after I get off work from uh, from FedEx, that I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to uh, upload a let's play just to kind of bring into the you know to the concept of this episode eleven as well as so what you can actually hear about the game and then you can actually see the, about the game. So what more do you want from me? <laughs> Especially on the concerning the order of eighteen eighty six, so you'll be getting the ins and outs of it. Um, yeah, so the gameplay revolves around just to finish up. The gameplay revolves around cover based shooting and features a variety of weapons. A lot of QTE, a lot of QTEs or quick time events do occur throughout the entire game, and uh, there is a lot of negative feedback in that regard. But I kind of find it interesting, and um, I think it really makes you makes you think on your feet. You got to be quick with the, with the, which, which button you got to press next. So I find that I, I, I enjoyed it. And so, yeah, I mean, it, unfortunately the order, um, 1886, unfortunately received a lot of mixed reception throughout the gaming industry. I obviously hold this game in such high regard, seeing as I made this into an actual entire podcast, (laughs) like I mentioned earlier. You know, praise was particular, particularly, I can, sometimes I can't say that word, <laughs> I'll get like tongue-tied, but yeah, it was directed at the game's production value, absolutely. Uh, the production, it was just seeping out of this game, um, especially concerning the graphics, which are still astounding in today's time, you know, in 2020. Uh, what are we, what is it, January the 10th, 2020, and this game was released almost five years ago now, and it can still hold up. Very well made. And the overall technical achievement of the game, um, I, I don't know, I, don't, I really don't know how else to praise this game other than the fact that I just very much enjoyed it, and I think you should check it out, especially now. For one, it's so cheap. I think you can go on Amazon. It might be like 10 bucks. If you own a PlayStation 4, buy it, please. Play it. 
And if you don't want to buy it, watch my Let's Play that I'm about to upload. <laughs> or just keep listening into this podcast. But I'm almost finished anyway, so... While most critics threw trash at this much-anticipated game, I, for one, can find true enjoyment in such a masterclass of a game. And that's all I really have, and thank you for tuning in. Um, I really don't have much else to say other than the fact that I, I really do appreciate each and every single one of y'all that are willing to and wanting to constantly tune in. Uh, and here lately, these past couple weeks, I've been... You know, I've, I've, it's it's been it's been wearing on me because uh, sometimes I really <laughs> I, I do want to quit sometimes, and I hate to admit that, but I have to be honest with you too at the same time because I think honesty is everything, absolutely everything, and whatever it may be, whatever it is, honesty is policy always. Uh, yeah, I've, I've wanted to quit and. Um, but at the same time, too, I, I think that would be such a such a downfall, such a such a letdown for you guys, for one. And, you know, for me, it, it, I think I got to continue with this. I got to rise above the occasion. That sounds very cliche. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much. This is Press Play to Continue Rewind. And I will see you next time for episode 12. And I do have, you know, a little something. I want to keep it kind of close to the chest right now. But I do have a little special something for episode 12, I think. I think I've got it in the works. Uh, I've already ordered some components to make episode 12 work better. So we will see where that goes. But thank you for tuning in. Press play to continue rewind. I will see you next time, and always, 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 always be kind and rewind. Thank you. Rewind is a product of Press Play to Continue. The show was produced by me, Corey Latimer. You can find me on Instagram at Corey with an E-Y and my Snapchat, C-O-R-E underscore L-A-T-I-028. As you know, all things Press Play to Continue are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash press play to continue. I'm internally grateful for your time, your love, and your support. Thank you. Thank you.